Hello, folks. This is Dave Borges, UConn men's basketball beat writer for Hearst Connecticut Media. This is the UConn Report podcast. Been away for a few weeks, actually. Um, February was an extremely busy month for UConn. Uh, I think they played nine games in a span of about 26 days, and I was at every one of them. A lot of traveling involved, a lot of game stories to write, a lot of off-day stories to write. So we've kind of abandoned this podcast for a few weeks now, but we are back now. It's March. we got the Big East Tournament coming up this week. We're really excited about that. And we couldn't have a better guest for um, a preview of the upcoming tournament. Fox Sports broadcaster and host of the Big East Shootaround and just a general uh, legend in Big East media, uh, the Big East media these days. People people love this guy. John Fanta. John, how you doing, man? Dave, it is great to be with you. It is the best time of year. It's one of my favorite weeks of the entire year. And I think that everybody around UConn, whether it be a coach, a player, even the media, followers of the program, they know what this week previously meant to the program and uh, just uh, how some of the program's best moments have come inside Madison Square Garden during the Big East Tournament. It is the 40th Big East Tournament at Madison Square Garden, and it's only fitting that the Connecticut Huskies are a part of that. So I think we'll really feel the benefits of their return to the league this week and what that means. And I think that this has a shot to truly be the most eventful conference tournament of them all in the country here this week. No question about it. And um, I think, and we'll get into this in a minute, I think there's at least seven or eight different teams that could win this Big East tournament, maybe more. you know, but but seven or eight legit chances, legit teams that could win it. It's going to be chaos. It's going to be great fun. But before we get into that, John, real quick, I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about John Fanta and, and, and where you're from. What got you into this business? The you're, uh, you're you're in, I, I think you're from Ohio because I know you root for the Ohio sports teams. Obviously, the um, the Bengals, right? And or is it the Bengals or the Browns? I'm a Browns fan. Browns. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dan Hurley's the Bengals guy. Right. And um, Seton Hall as well, right? Went to Seton Hall? Yep, yep. So I grew up on the west side of Cleveland in a a city named Westlake, about 20 minutes away from the downtown Cleveland area, and went to high school at St. Ignatius High School. Some folks may, uh, if you have any Ohio or, or high school football ties, you would know Chuck Kyle and what he's done with St. Ignatius football over the years. Uh, they're, they're, they've been a powerhouse uh, over the years. So I, I went there for high school. Uh, I was a terrible scout team left guard for two years. And Coach Kyle told me, hey, you know, you maybe, maybe your way of playing football is a little bit different. <laughs> Meaning, let's try to do it from the broadcast booth. That was the best <laughs> advice I could have gotten because it got it, – it, I had a passion early on, Dave, of being a, a lifer for the Browns, Cavs, and Indians for sports and for sports broadcasting. I thought it'd be really cool, hey, if I could get to talk about all this and do what these guys are doing for a living. Well, starting in high school for me, then I was looking in the metropolitan area, and I looked at Syracuse, and I looked at Fordham, and I looked at the big-time schools that people talk about for media. And uh, there was a small school in little South Orange, New Jersey, that just caught my attention. And so I went to Seton Hall, and I think that's interesting because my freshman year at Seton Hall was the first year of the reconfigured Big East. Mm. I knew some things about the Big East growing up, but I was from Cleveland. It's not a college, yeah. it's not a college basketball hub. So right. Dave, while everybody was writing the column of 
the new Big East will never be the old Big East. I kind of walked in as a freshman and as a, you know, uh, in, in the air student media person, I was like, hey, this Big East isn't bad. This this yeah. league's pretty fun. And that's how my following sort of started and how it's grown into a variety of capacities. Yeah, the, the, the quote-unquote new Big East is all kind of all you've ever known, um, right? In a way, to, to yeah. the extent, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's obviously still a very good league, and uh, I want to ask you about that uh, shortly. But, um, yeah, you already touched upon it. Just um, just the, talk about the excitement going into this week um, for the men's tournament in, in Madison Square Garden. Um, are you like me? Do you feel like, again, there are multiple teams with a chance to win? Um even a team like DePaul, I think, could win a game, maybe even two. Um, uh, you know, last year, Georgetown came out of nowhere to win it. I, I, I'm going to go on a limb and say it's not going to happen this year. But um, just your overall uh, expectations of this tournament coming up starting Wednesday night. I think it will be electricity personified. It is a tournament this year in which there could be seven or eight teams that come out on top. And the reason why is this, the sides of the bracket and how much they are different, okay? I think that potentially the three most dangerous contenders to Providence are actually on the other side of the bracket. Villanova, UConn, and then I actually think Seton Hall who's won eight in their last 10 games, is a really dangerous team right now. They're playing confident basketball. So I see you nodding. Yeah, I I, I don't think you could have picked a worse, um, you know, quarterfinal round for, for UConn first-round opponent than Seton Hall. I mean, like you said, they're hot. They've played you. they split their two games with UConn this year. They've got a lot of talent there. Always have all year, even though they've obviously battled through some injuries. And um, you look at UConn, like, would they have – to me, I would have rather played played a Marquette, who they beat, beat twice this year, or um, something like that. But Seton Hall, if they get hit by Georgetown, which obviously they have to do that first, that could be a, definitely a, a tough draw for UConn, no question. It, it could be, and I and I think that when we go back to it, okay, so UConn Seton Hall, if Connecticut is to win that game, then they would likely face Villanova, and so that's all on the opposite side of this bracket. Now, why? Right. Do say seven or eight because if Xavier beats Butler Xavier should have beat Providence in Providence just a couple weeks ago and Xavier on their best day is good enough to beat UConn and and Providence so they could be the x-factor to the whole bracket if they get their act together John I picked Xavier to finish second in the Big East this season obviously they've been a big disappointment um they've had injuries too but um you know they're healthy now and some of their bigger players Scruggs and um why is the forward's name? Uh, the kid from New Jersey. What's his name? Zach Fremantle. Fremantle, of course. Both those guys have kind of been, uh, especially Fremantle, haven't been, um, you know, quite what we expected this year. But what if they decide to suddenly become those the players we expected this week? Bingo. They could win the whole darn thing. I really, uh, you know, or at least get to the finals. You know? Yeah, if they could put it together and realize it. Now, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen because I don't trust them. But uh, look, the setup's there for the Marquette Creighton winner. I mean. We kind of forget that Marquette at one point had won eight games in a row because they've, they've not been exactly the same. But look, this is a team that still is dangerous. Justin Lewis is one of the best players in the Big East. Let's not forget that Marquette blew out Providence in Milwaukee and nearly won in Providence. So there might be something about that matchup, Dave. But we also can't forget about the Friars. I mean, 
This team's played 28 games. They've won 24 of them. Would it surprise me at all if after all this craziness talk that we get Providence Villanova on Saturday night? Not at all. In fact, if you ask me, with my life depending on it, who I think will be in the final, I'd probably still say Providence and Villanova. I know I'm not making any friends in Connecticut, but let me say this. Villanova doesn't lose a four-point lead in the final minute of the game. They did at UConn. They remember that. Villanova is going to be out for blood if they get UConn in this tournament again, and I think Villanova would win that game. Oh, no question. That's a, that's a strong possibility. I mean, they, they they really handled UConn quite well on their own home court, and like you said, on very unvillanova like blew a lead, uh, blew a late lead against the Huskies in Hartford. Um, Providence, you know, this this whole thing about Providence being the luckiest team in America, I just, it, it, it's it's just silly. I mean, I do I do agree that it's almost like our province that almost kind of, you know, yes, you do worry a little bit that the, you know, you almost want maybe get a bad loss out of your system, something like that. that that's kind of like old school thinking. But by the same token, they've shown such a propensity. What are they, ten and one in, in close games this year, five points or less? That's that to me just shows experience and talent on their part in coaching. It does. This is a team that understands what it takes to win. At a certain point, when you're that good, 10 and 1 in games decided by five points or less, a couple overtime wins sprinkle in there, a triple overtime win as well, <laughs> you're just cut out to win. You you know how to win close games. The Big East is filled with close games. So like, it's not an unlucky, lucky thing. It's do you know how to execute your stuff late in games? And something Travis Steele of Xavier told me earlier this season, Dave, has really resonated with me. He said, you know, Here's the thing that makes Providence so good. You know what Ed Cooley's going to run. He runs the yep. Al Skinner flex offense. Yep. And what's what makes it so hard to coach against is you know it's coming and it still works. And he said that's really a pain. Because in this league, you know certain things are coming and you can prepare for them and scout for them to force an opponent to do something differently. That's not the case with the Friars. They are who they are. They don't have a superstar player. They right. didn't have an all-Big East first-team selection. UConn had a pair. But that will only fuel this Friars team. And I got to tell you, I, I like the fact that they go into this tournament without getting a major player award. Uh, you know, J Jared Bynum got most improved. But the point is, like, they didn't get recognized for what a number one team in the Big East typically would. They're going to wear that. They're going to wear that in my mind. Yeah, I agree. I was surprised that I thought maybe Justin Minaya could be the defensive player of the year. I thought um, I thought Bynum probably could have been on the first team. Um, I, I think Watson probably, I, I figured probably was a second team. Or he, just, he hasn't quite, you know, blown up the way I thought he might this year. They are going to get coach of the year on Wednesday. I think we can all agree on that. I think Ed Cooley's got that locked up. But yeah, other than that, um, you know, whatever it takes. Hey, UConn fans are thinking that uh, – Tyrese Martin's going to be on a mission for not being named a second team or honorable mention. And, you know, these type of things, realistic or not, I mean, there's only so many spots, and, and Tyrese was deserving, but um, he didn't make it. But if, if that's what it takes to give him a little bit of an edge, and maybe even, yeah, I'm sure Dan Hurley will pound that into him this week, um, so be it, right? Yes. Yes, 100%. And I talked with Tyrese Martin a little bit at Mohegan Sun Arena on Sunday. I'm actually at Mohegan Sun as we speak, gearing up for Connecticut women going for their 20th conference tournament uh, title in the Big East all time when they take on Villanova Monday night. But I talked to Tyrese Martin on Sunday, and you could sense right away 
that he feels slighted and that he feels motivated. He's fueled to get this team on a run. And uh, he'll he'll remember that. And he might be the single biggest key player uh, this week. And I know that that's probably a hot take to some. But look, we we know this right now. If R.J. Cole and Adama Sanogo do what they're capable of, they're the constants of this team for the most part. If Tyrese Martin is shooting the basketball from the perimeter effectively, other complementary players feed off of that. If Martin's going, can UConn win a Big East championship? No questions asked. Absolutely. Yeah, and he's been a spark plug. You know, he's had some games where he scored 20, 25 points and a half, just got hot and just completely led the Huskies to victory. Um, at Marquette, uh, at Butler, he had huge games like that. Just a really solid all-around play. I guess if UConn fans will certainly be happy to kind of know maybe he has that chip on his shoulder. Although you also you do have to maybe temper that a little bit too, right? You can't get too riled up and then maybe try too hard and just overexert yourself or whatnot. But I think um, he'll be he'll be ready to go on uh, on Thursday night as well as UConn. And any other surprises, by the way, in the um, the the. So, so, you know, this podcast is going to probably be broadcast out on Tuesday evening. So the UConn women's game actually will have been done by then already. I'm going to predict uh, here on uh, Monday around five o'clock that the Huskies will have won, but we'll see. Um, but um, any other surprises in the early uh, conference individual awards and or um, all league teams for you, John? I actually was surprised that both Cole and Sonogo got first team nods. I would have given it to Sonogo. I thought Cole might get left off. Uh, but I am happy that he made it. And I think R.J. Cole's been terrific for this Connecticut team. So, look, he's certainly deserving of it. I just was surprised the coaches went that way. I thought that that it was teetering, like Justin Moore of Villanova, a, yeah. guy, a guy that I really like and that I think is one of the five best players in the league. Well, it's always tough because you're, you're going up against there, Jared Roden, Julian Champagny. You know, Roden making the first team, that had to be tight. That had to be tight. But I think he's been good. And they've gotten hot. And remember, they got off to as impressive a start as anybody in the Big East with some of their quality non-conference wins. But I don't think there's any much of a difference at all between like the fourth best player in this league and the seventh this year. Yeah. So that's why it was really, really difficult. I mean, it, it's tough to be able to select these all league teams, because I think this particular year, Dave, the league really has quite a bit of depth in players. Yeah. I think, you know, what they could have done and they, they haven't done this before, but, um, or at least in a while, if they had four guys on, we'll mention, if you just threw maybe Tyrese Martin on as the fifth guy, they can just make, make a third team. Right. I mean, I guess that would kind of be changing the rules along the way, but, but it's, that's neither here nor there. Um, and I actually, you know, I, I believe Sonogo was the team's best player and still believe he's the best player and would have took, taken him as the first team over RJ up until about maybe two, two and a half, three weeks ago. I now believe that RJ Cole has been the MVP of UConn this season. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you look at the Villanova game, you look at as great as Sonogo has been, there's been a couple of games where he got early foul trouble and wasn't very effective. RJ has been just so huge down the stretch. I, I actually, if I had to choose one or the two, and I do, I believe both deserved first team, but I probably would have actually taken RJ over Sonogo. Yeah, I, I go back and forth. I think Sonogo's the best big man in the league, so the coaches think we're going to vote that way. And I think it's also it's a guard's game. So sometimes that ends up hurting a guard for the wrong reason. 
uh, because there's so many of them. That's probably why Justin Moore was left off the first team because right. it's hard. Like, I think that Moore is deserving of a first-team nod. Uh, but look, Justin Lewis making the first team, did it did stand out to me because we respected him. I wasn't sure how much the coaches would respect Justin Lewis. Hmm. And the fact is they did. So he makes the first team here. And that that surprised me a little bit. The other one that I would say is the guy that didn't get any recognition on here that deserves a tip of the cap that you could see this week. In fact, if they're going to make plays this week, he's going to have to make a difference. It's Al Durham of Providence. Yeah. He's been huge for this team. Late in games, he's making the plays, Dave. I mean, Bynum lately, Bynum lately has been the one that's caught fire. But on the season in general, Al Durham has been huge. And the fact that he didn't get recognized in the conference at all, he's going to have a fire lit under him this week as well. Yeah, kind of dealing with like a little sports hernia situation, right, I guess. But but he's been that they've called him like Mariano Rivera. He's been the closer the, with the clutch shots and um, and and he does things out there that you don't see you don't you don't see all the time. He's 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 a different kind of player when he gets going. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The all freshman team didn't surprise me at all. The one guy that I really like, if Marquette makes a run this week, Cam mm-hmm. Jones. Cam Jones is a big key to that team. His perimeter shot making has changed their offense at times. I, I was happy to see him get recognized because I think he's been really, really good for the Golden Eagles. Yeah, no question. And, and obviously Creighton with three guys. And that just tells you that this team, Creighton's going to be a pretty good team for a few years now, too, at, at the very least. They're dangerous. Yeah. yeah. So, John, here, here's the question I really want to ask. And this is um, sounds like a kind of a vague, generic question, but it's really it's it's vexed me because I I don't know the answer yet, even though I probably should. How good is the Big East Conference this year? Because, you know, if you ask Dan Hurley or, or Jay Wright, they'll tell you it's the best conference in, the, in America or maybe one of the top two. Uh, the, the metrics certainly suggest it's one of the top maybe three or four. Um, but it, it just it does also seem there's some sort of a little bit of disrespect on the national level towards the Big East, whether it's in with rankings, with um, things like that. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the league did pretty well in non-conference play, if I remember correctly, in the Gavit games. I think the Big, e- Big Ten, Big East, Big 12 was somewhat of a split, maybe. I can't remember exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, and, and here's the last thing I'll say before I let you uh, let you answer. You know, I I, I uh, was talking to an NBA scout a couple of weeks ago and saying, I said to him, hey, so you, you're going to be at the Garden in a couple of weeks for the Big East tournament? And he said, yeah, you know what? I was going to, but then my, my boss told me, uh, no, nah, just go down to Brooklyn to the ACC tournament because that's where all the prospects are going to be, the NBA prospects. And, the, the, you know, he's probably right in, the, in terms of draft picks, but in terms of overall basketball, I'd yeah. 10 times rather be at the Big East tournament. Yeah, prospects don't win college basketball games this time of year. They don't. Right. I mean, you got to have experience. You got to have a, a mesh of players. Ask John Calipari how his team's winning to the level that they're winning, and he'll tell you he has Oscar Sheeve, who was coached by Bob Huggins. He has Kellen Grady, who was coached by Bob McKillop. He has Severe Wheeler, who knows the SEC. And, yeah, he got a big-time prospect, too. Ty Ty Washington elevates everybody around him, but you got to have experienced players. To me, the Big East is a surefire top-three conference this year in college basketball. I would put it number two personally behind the Big 12. I think that the Big 12 does not get enough respect. Uh, and I'm saying that right now because I fully believe that Baylor, Kansas, and Texas Tech could all win the national championship. And I think Texas is really good as well. 
I love the fact that TCU's come on in that league too. TCU's a dark horse in that conference tournament and in the NCAA tournament. And I would not want to see TCU in a 7-10 or 8-9 game because they're not playing like that as of late. The Big 12 is the best league in America, in my opinion. I would put the Big East 2. And the reason why I would put the Big East 2 is because the SEC is not as deep as the Big East. The bottom of that league is bad. Right. The Big East has a bad team in Georgetown. They do not have any other bad teams. When we say the word bad, we're saying they stink. Nobody, yeah. you, you can't say that about even DePaul. You can't. Absolutely not. Right. And, I agree. And the thing with the Big Ten is they got to show us this month that they're better than what they've been. I don't know about Purdue. They don't defend. And Illinois has has looked good. But I'm not sure. I'm, I'm like, I'm uneasy on the Big Ten. And I want to buy because I think that the league has the potential to, to be great. But, Dave, it, it, it is hard for me to say that the Big Ten is better than some of these other leagues when they did put up a dud in the NCAA tournament last year. And the conference hasn't won a national championship in two decades. Totally agree. Yeah, to me, the Big East is a league with with. A lot of veteran, fourth, fifth-year experienced players, just very good college players. Maybe they won't be NBA stars. Maybe they won't even be NBA players, although I think some of them certainly will be. But, yeah, it's um, for college yeah. basketball, it's, yeah. it, it's certainly – yeah. I, I just, but I do think, ultimately, I'm just fascinated to see how the Big East will do in the NCAA tournament this year. I, I tend to lean towards thinking that they're going to win some games. They're going to be um, – yeah. Yeah, I do, because experience wins. You have a conference with good coaching. But this, yeah. is a, this is a big march for this league. If you look at the big picture of this league, they have struggled to get the three teams to the Sweet 16. You know, that that has not happened since reconfiguration, getting those three second weekend teams. They've sent two. You know, that's fine. Three yeah. would be really good. Because then there's eight games. You're involved in three or four of them. Now we're talking like your league is right. Your league is really showing why it's so good. So this is a big year for this league. But Dave, big picture on this conference, DePaul looks to be in a better direction than they were. They were they were an embarrassment. Dwayne Peavy's changing things there. St. John's and Georgetown got to pull more weight. It's amazing that the Big East has been as good as it's been with Georgetown and St. John's being irrelevant at times in this new league. That yeah. tells you where this league could go because it's really good right now. Imagine if those two programs got the wheels going. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and yeah, like you said, was it Creighton and Villanova both went to the Sweet 16 last year, I believe? And yeah. Nova was without, without uh, Gillespie. Um, but, yeah, other than, other than Villanova, and obviously it's a big other than because they won two national titles, but the league hasn't done terribly great in the tournament over the last 10 years or so. I mean – I know Xavier got to a Sweet 16. Creighton did last year. Um, maybe forgetting one or two, but yeah. Other than Villanova, no one's really, really shined in the um, tournament. So it, it is a big year, and it's going to be uh, really interesting to see. Um, John, tell tell us about uh, wh wh where you're going to be this week, what you're going to be doing, and I guess you're going to have a, a very special guest uh, in the in the uh, in the coverage of the Big East tournament this week, right? You bet. You bet. We have a loaded week. In fact, I'm pulling everything up right now. 
uh, because I am pumped up about this week, Dave. So I host Big E Shoot Around. This show is broadcast live on Twitter and YouTube. To the whoever wants to watch, uh, we we typically do great numbers during tournament week, uh, and it will be broadcast live from start to finish this year uh, of the Big East tournament, before games, after games, and we have this year as part of our cast the Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun will be in the garden from start to finish of the Big East tournament on our studio crew. I cannot wait to have Jim and the stories that he has because he's got. So many great stories about this tournament. He loves this tournament so, so much. It's why when I asked him if he'd be available to do it, he could not have been uh, more pumped about the opportunity. We have Nick Baugh from Fox Sports. We have Kyron Cartwright, a former Providence uh, player who recently helped the Friars to some great heights to a Big East championship game back in 2018. He'll be on set with us as well. Our coverage tips off Wednesday, 2.30 Eastern time, Ahead of the Big East major awards presentations, we'll broadcast those presentations live. But our 2.30 show, we preview the tournament. We tell you what's going on. We'll set the stage with interviews and access. And uh, and then we'll be on before and after every game, before and after every session, wall-to-wall interviews, story time with Calhoun, and, and plenty of fun. And, uh, you know, for the social media people out there, when the game ends – and sometimes FS1 does go off the air. In fact, more times than not, they, they end up going off the air to get their traffic around. We'll be your studio home for those press conference moments. Anything that happens in an impactful way, we're live on the air covering. Awesome. That sounds great. Uh, yeah, Jim Calhoun, I mean, you can't ask for a better and more knowledgeable Big East uh, reference point than that. I mean, I, I, don't ask him about the six-overtime game. I, I would uh, – I'm actually kidding about that because now he's perfectly fine talking about it, but he wasn't so happy in the days following that game uh, back in uh, 2009. Um, and don't ask him about Jerry McNamara either. Right, but uh, but uh, no, he, he's great. Just make sure, make sure once he starts on a once he's on a roll, make sure you find a way to kind of cut him off. He can talk a little bit. He can ramble, he can ramble a little bit, but he, he's the best. He's great. That sounds like uh, really, really great stuff there, John. And um, it's going to be a tremendous week overall. And I just can't. UConn fans are so excited to get back in that arena, and so am I. And um, it's going to be a lot of fun, isn't it? It's going to be a blast. I think more than anything, like on a personal note, Dave, the way the last two years has gone uh, for everybody has has been tough. And now with the mask mandate getting lifted and and really this going in a better direction, you, you got to love what's happening now. Uh, you know, that it really does look like, knock on wood, that this virus is in our rearview mirror. And, and that we're going to be able to see each other in person and have a good time. I mean, you know this as a writer, and, and I know this as, as a commentator. There's nothing that beats going through the grind of a season. This time of year is the reward for us. Mm, yeah. this, this time of year is the reward of the grind. And I can't wait to be in a press room and just see our colleagues and catch up, you know, before a game or, or late night. Just say, hey, what would you think of this? Or what would you think of that? Or what what's new with your life? Like, we haven't all been together as a, a Big East press corps. Well, for UConn, never. And for the rest of the league, it's been a long time. So I can't wait to see a lot of the people that we bring in for Zooms and throughout the year and just link up and talk about basketball and life. And I'm looking forward to being in that. That MSG press room after dark is a lot of fun. A lot of good storytelling can, can be had there. It'll be good. Oh, yeah. And and, and the, the surrounding um, drinking establishments as well can be, can be fun. 
can be a good time. So can you, very last thing, do you feel comfortable? Uh, can you give us a winner, predict a winner for the, this week, this week's tournament? Oh, boy. Wow, I knew, I knew you were going to ask me that. I like Villanova this week to claim the Big East tournament throw. Hard to disagree, but yeah, it's I, my prediction is chaos, and something some craziness is going to happen, and maybe someone comes out and a Seton Hall or a Xavier. UConn fans don't want to hear that about Seton Hall, but maybe someone comes out and makes a run to the finals. Um, yeah, we'll see. Seton Hall's been very good in that building for whatever reason, and I think Kevin Willard's done a nice job of getting this team organized. Kadari yeah. Richmond, if Kadari Richmond's healthy, they got a shot. There you go. John Phantom, man, it was great talking to you. Appreciate you coming on, and uh, we will see you over there in a few days. See you then, Dave. Cannot wait for some hoops and a New York slice. Thanks, Matt. Thank you.